Spartans to Mission Debrief. We're playing every mission in the mainline Halo video game series in chronological order, discussing our experiences and sprinkling in a little lore along the way. If you'd like to play along and have your thoughts read on the show, email us at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet, Podcast Evolved on Twitter. We'll be reviewing Sadie's story from Halo 3 ODST on the next episode. This episode, we're debriefing the Data Hive mission from Halo 3 ODST. I'm your host, Colin Perkins, alongside David Arnold. Hello, everybody. And Krista Brown. Buggers. Buggers everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Last mission, Kikawani Station. The ODST squad finally reunited, sans the rookie, of course, and had to find their way to save Romeo and get out of the city. With the maglev train tunnels flooded, Buck made the brilliant and, or crazy, depending on how you look at it, decision to hijack a phantom. The team does uh, does so with somewhat ease, but meets all sorts of resistance trying to get out of the city. Scarab boss fight anybody? Yes, please. Current mission. Yeah. Current mission, we are now descending into the data hive. So Rookie follows Dare's distress signal down into the new Mombasa underground that houses the superintendent's data center. Along the way, we meet a not-so-special friend that happens to work for the police commissioner, Kinsler. We'll explain all of that in the Sadie Story episode. Um, after the rookie deals with our corrupt police buddy, we team up with Veronica Dare, who's been planning to extract the superintendent amidst the Covenant invasion this whole time. However, the supercomputer uh, has been absorbed by one of those weird floaty aliens that also happens to be an ancient forerunner tech pet. I like tech pet. Hmm, nice. Yeah. Tech pet. I like it. Uh, date of the game is actually after midnight. Um, David, you mentioned that you can actually find the time, right? Somewhere in the in the hub. Yeah. Yeah, if you open up your the options uh menu that can cycle through for, you can go left or right from the map i think left brings you to the kind of objective screen gives a list of objectives whatever your current objective is you probably weren't aware of it or weren't using it because you don't really need to in this game it kind of gives you your waypoints as you go through um but on this screen we'll show you a little character image uh like avatar of who you're controlling and as well as the time that you're currently playing at so right now for the rookie if you go in there and take a look it says after midnight it means we're now in october 21st mm-hmm. October twenty first, and we've so we've been wandering around for a while as as rookie, a few yeah. hours, which I think yeah. kind of makes sense, especially if you've gone around and gotten all the audio logs. You know, you yourself have probably been playing Mombasa Streets for a couple hours, so that I mean that matches up pretty good. Yeah. Um. So so now we kind of talked about it in the last mission. Speaking of audio logs, the last mission was kind of your last chance to go around and get all the audio logs. I waited. Um. I thought that I was going to be able to get them kind of in this little area here after Kikawani Station uh, and realized quickly that I could not because the, the city's pretty much shut off this little this little section because they want to get you to the to the dare, just to dare, I guess. There's no specific beacon here. Um, but it's actually a good thing. We didn't really talk about it. We talked about it maybe a couple episodes ago was where the, the um, wandering around the city kind of becomes a little taxing or, or just... Um, gets a little old after a while going from beacon to beacon towards the end of the game not that it's not a good mechanic and not that we don't like it but um, towards the end of the game you're like okay let me just do these these missions and i'll you know if i want to wander around i can do that on my own time separately so i'm glad they finally just kind of take that out of the equation here but if you didn't go grab all the audio logs um you'll just have to back out of your save you know go open 
the mission separately, the Mombasa Streets mission separately, and then kind of go around and get everything. So we covered that in the last in the last episode. Um, so really now you're just kind of beelining it to the. There is a. I mean, there's a point on your map that you need to go to. So you um, there's a couple of grunts I think that show up here. So you kind of clear them out, um, and then you go around a corner, and there are some jetback brutes. Um, there might be a, a brute captain major with a, a fuel rod back in this area. You actually can kind of just go off to the right. There's like a door. There's a button that you need to hit, and that will trigger kind of the cutscene where rookie looks down. I don't I don't think you have to clear out the area. I think you can just go there. Um, and then it'll trigger the the scene where Rookie looks down uh, down the elevator shaft and just hops on down because <laughs> that's where the uh, calm is coming from. Um, I might have skipped over it, but you can you can hear at the very beginning of this you can hear Veronica Dare kind of just reaching out, just trying to to say you know hey I'm I'm still alive if anybody's nearby you know come and come and help me out. So that's that's what yeah, we're I think do. the. The element of urgency is added here because you see when she has her radio signal, you see a Covenant ship turn its uh, phantom, turn its light on, and kind of change direction quickly. Mm. I think that's giving the impression that they're tracking her signal. Sure. And then that's probably why you can't go anywhere else because you now have to run and. Oh, I never noticed the... yeah. that. Yeah, it happens in the little. Cuts it here. wouldn't make sense, right? To your point, it wouldn't make sense for you to go. Okay, now I'm going to go wander around the city, right? So. For seven <laughs> hours. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's like an open world game kind of though. They're like, hurry, hurry, go do this thing. But you spend like 20 hours getting collectibles right. and stuff. Like, but I need to do the side missions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't helped Bob get his like, pastries. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's let's hop down. Let's not go wander because you can't. Let's hop down this elevator shaft and go track down Dare. I, I, I like it. Oh, and by the way, we're still rookie. Yeah. Still rookie in a mission. Which is cool, right? No yeah. beacons! Yay, Rookie's no beacons! <laughs> <laughs> um, our silent protagonist hops down the elevator shaft, and it's this opening part is pretty eerie. I mean, they do a good job of setting the the vibe of this of this mission here. You can see, yeah, mm-hmm. corpses everywhere, and corpses everywhere. There's like a door opening and shutting on a marine's leg. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's off cool. Off the side, yeah, yeah. it's um, grunts are kind of all around. There's there you can kind of you can grab a shotgun. Um, I grabbed a shotgun instead of the pistol. Oh yeah. I figured we we're going to be in close quarters for this mission. There's a lot of shotgun ammo on this mission. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. And they are the shotgun is handy for killing the drones, more so than what I remember. Um, the drones are pretty weak, so as if you're as long as they're close up to you, like it'll just you know take them out even if you don't do a direct headshot. So I was I was having fun with the, the shotgun on this. Um, the atmosphere, as I mentioned, you know, like there's the, the, it's eerily quiet here. You can kind of hear some computer tones and things like that when you're walking through at least this opening area, which is cool. Um, so you go through this door, um, and, and th- it's split into a couple different sections. So we've, we we kind of decided as we're we're planning out the walkthrough is you know we're on level seven. We need to get down to level nine. Um, so we'll, you know we'll talk you through some of the high points. Uh, again, doing an audio walkthrough is just kind of a little bit of a weird thing. Um, but we'll kind of talk you through some of the, the major stuff as we get down to level 9 and finally meet Dare. So this opening area is just kind of teaching you what what this, this tunnels look like and kind of setting, like, this is a big 
infrastructure of just a big computer data center down here. So it's it's just lots of computers. Um, you know, it's servers. Servers, right? It's dark because all technical the technical thing. <laughs> Phalanges. Yeah. All, all the bits are there. <laughs> Um, and you know, there's, there's multiple encounters along the way. You kind of walk down this big giant corridor that kind of winds around and, you know, you have, you have covenant in between you and, and the, the, the next interesting areas are you walk through up and through a door and it's, you're kind of in this white room now. It's kind of feels like, um, I don't know, like a quarantine area <laughs> to a degree. Um, but it's, it's finally well lit and then um, you need to climb through these these rooms. And on the side, you can kind of see Virgil um, popping up on the monitors and things like that. Um, and you do you do encounter. This is where you encounter that police officer. This original area is that correct? Does that sound right to you guys? Yes. Yeah. There's there's a cool little mm-hmm. bit of dialogue where you can hear the brute saying, "We have him cornered. Kill the creature," and all this kind of stuff. And then you hear like the the cop giving out to Virgil because he won't open the door for mm-hmm. him. Cool. Yep, and so we because we're doing Sadie's story on the next episode, we're gonna kind of cover off on what happens with that guy. If you have all the audio logs, um, and during the Sadie story episode, so for now, um, he's this dude, and he he doesn't last very long, right, Krista? Like he he'll he'll you'll follow him for a little bit. Um, you know, you do open up the hatch, and um, you know which Virgil wasn't opening for him, and then he dies pretty soon after that. Is that right, or he does he lasts, follow you all the way down? He lasts through There's level a bit more. eight, a bit more. and right as you're going down to level nine, yeah. he dies. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So what happens is like, um, um, well, what I really one of the bits of dialogue that Virgil has that I love is that like when you meet him, he goes, "Careful, hitchhikers maybe escape <laughs> convicts." <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines. Yep. I thought it was cool, and it's that's the kind of like. Give you the inkling that something is not quite talking. right with this yeah, officer. Right. Yeah. Or I guess the superintendent. Superintendent yeah, yeah. Virgil. Yeah, yeah. Superintendent, yeah. I guess it is Virgil now at this stage. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, so so we have him and we're kind of following him around. And um, he does, I mean, the game needs you to have him for the, the next section to make sense. So he doesn't die. <laughs> he actually does pretty well for himself. Um, and he'll kind of kind of hide off on the corners and here and there. But like you're you're fighting off these, you know, lots of brutes along the way and some drones, and he still hangs around. So must be you know semi competent. But um, you know he's not a, a ton of help, but he doesn't die. <laughs> so there's that. He'll distract the covenant as you're as you're going along. Um, so yeah, as I said, you kind of you kind of pop that initial. Um, I don't know what you would call that. It's like like the um the little round area that kind of lifts up and then you jump down into the tunnel below. The they stack. call them data stacks, yeah. Oh, is that what they call it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you pop that data stack, head down to the next level um and what are you guys? I guess maybe we could just talk about this. Is what are you guys rolling with from a weapon standpoint? I mentioned I I have a shotgun and I think the other weapon was just whatever I could find that had ammo in it. I think I used a spiker quite a bit here. Um, David, what are you typically rolling with? Almost, almost these this time around, the exact same. Where I had a shotgun the whole time because there's so much ammo. And mm-hmm. then my other weapon was like a cycle through whatever I picked up. So I needle a bit at the start. Uh, I had a carbine for a good bit because a bit of ammo around, a bit of spiker. Um, I can't remember what I came into this mission with because um, it changes based on what your loadout is. So I didn't think I, I don't think I had much ammo left. 
uh, coming in because I was fighting outside on the streets and you bring whatever you have in with you so I didn't have a whole lot and so I think it was a shotgun and a carbine for the vast majority of this mission yeah you can usually find carbine with uh, some some ammo along the way I, I did have to drop it a couple times yeah, um, yeah for the just spiker. some great foam of grenades that I love yes. in this especially in the in the tighter quarters of the tunnel throwing a spiker is so much fun because mm-hmm. the spikes bounce around and stuff like that and it's you get some kind of cool segments of like spiking grunt or grunts and brutes and stuff. I don't. I kind of like the spiker. It takes a lot more ammo to take somebody down, but um, you know, I was having some good fun with it. It doesn't have that cooldown that some of the other weapons do, where you can just you know just fill someone full of spikes. Granted, there's no explosion like the needler, but you know, I was having a good time with it. I Crystal, really what, like the reload for the spiker. You kind of just like slap yeah. a new one in. It's really, yeah. uh, it's really involved. Totally. I don't know why that like, I don't know. That was highlighted for me as I was going through. I don't know why, but um. So I started off. I had the pistol and I picked up a shotgun pretty early on. I ran out of ammunition for the pistol and immediately got a carbine and carried that pretty much through the entire mission. Mm. And then I. I ditched the shotgun because it just wasn't working for me, and I just had a... I switched between spikers and plasma rifles. Oh, okay. Yep. <clears throat> oh, with plasma rifles, really? Yeah, the the red ones. Oh, yeah. I wasn't using those that much. Huh. Yeah, nice. I, I was just going between Brute those two because brutes were dropping them left and right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I went went through the tunnels with. There was a point where I found... I think we talked about it earlier. What's What's that little like pistol shotgun thing called? I should have looked it up. The mauler, the mauler yeah. yeah. That's yeah. okay, actually. I feel like the, the mauler yeah. success. We touched on it. The mauler's really useful Sorry. in Halo Three when you can dual wield them. Mm. That's yeah. We touched on yeah, this in an earlier episode. They they're, not, they're not really much use yeah. in this game. That's when they really pack a punch. And also, not a lot of brutes have them, so your ammo is super limited for those anyway. Yeah. So it's not. It's fun to try it out, but it's not a super useful weapon in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was having, I treated it just like a shotgun, so I was treating it, you know, when when a drone was in my face or something like that, it would do its job. But um, yeah, I mean, it's this, this area is interesting, you know, as you're kind of going through, and again, you know, you'll, you'll reach another point where you need to pop another hatch, um, and then go down below, and I think that's the hatch where all the bugs come out, all the drones come out of it, um, that second one. Yeah, they... It, they come out of the first one as well. When you actually have the cop, it opens up and then they all jump out because the cop says something, hey, Virgil, you trying to kill me or something? Oh. Makes like a quip. Right. About the fact. I gotcha. Um, but it happens yeah. all the actually. Now that I think about it, it does actually, yeah. The, um, it's, you know, this whole area um, is dark and there's just, there's just lots of covenant to go to, to that, in your way. Um, and there's, you know, there's a good reason, you know, we'll find out here towards the end, but, um, so we make it all the way down to level nine and, um, there's this area that looks like it's frosty or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So there's a, f- well, before you get to level nine, depending on your audio logs, what happens next? Yeah. And I'm not so going to cover that right now. I'm not going to cover that don't now. Have- yeah, so the yeah. cop dies, essentially, before you get to the level yeah, 9. Yeah, the cop dies. One of the drones oh, takes him out, I think. Um, but there's this like weird frosty area where um, that's the part of Sadie's story that we'll cover um, on the next episode. But th- is there like a flamethrower around here? I didn't. I missed it. Oh, yeah, there is. So directly opposite that door that is all frozen over, you go 
turn your back to it, go 180 and go into the top. Sorry, over to the corner, start right. There's a flamethrower, and it's amazing, and I love it. And I use it every time I come to this mission. Sometimes I play this mission just to use the flamethrower. I think there's an achievement for finding it, I believe. Chris Brown, did you not know there's a flamethrower? I might have known back in the 360 version, but I, I, it's oh been a long God. time since I played ODST. What was the other thing you didn't know that was ridiculous? Uh, oh, Halo that we 2. We found out on this the show. Stupid thingies. Yes, the weapon. The Spectre. The Spectre. Yeah, yeah. She didn't know the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Funny. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I'm really sad. Yeah, so I cry every Spectre single night equivalent. because of the Spectre. torment you put me through. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me yeah. about the flamethrower. Cause like, how much ammo does it have? I forgot to pick it up. Dude, I'll tell you. It has a percentage, so it starts off with 100. So it's like a full tank. Mm. Um, when you pick it up, it goes into third person. It's like a turret. Um, so like, you, your movement is much slower. It's amazing. It has like, it's actually it's designed very similar and hark back to pre-Halo 1 when they were showing off what Halo was before it was uh, snapped up by Xbox. There was a flamethrower in that game and design-wise it's very similar to that. Uh, it functions, um, shoots some slow spouts of flame. It doesn't go very far, so you need to be careful. You need to really watch your reticle and wait for it to change color to go red to let you know you're in range to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, the best tactic is you can kill yourself very quickly with it, so be careful. The flame is like napalm, so the flame shoots out very slowly. It clings to an area. It's sticky flame. It's like the grenades, so like it sticks to the area that it lights. Mm-hmm. It does massive damage to everything. It kills everything. It's so good. It eats true shields. It's great for brutes, captains. It's true that it's great for... It can be a little bit awkward for buggers, especially when they fly up high and around and are fast. You need to be careful. Wait for them to land before you shoot them. Um, Right after you pick it up, you enter into a room that's like has a brutes... Uh, buggers and some jackals shooting at a door but grunts all shooting at a door trying to get in and um, this grenade the flamethrower just cleans up shop in here because they can't fly very high the uh-huh. buggers the brutes can't really go anywhere it's just a big open room and you just you just mince through the flames oh does so it, good so do you good. carry it through the cutscenes too or does it do you lose it yep oh, nice no i carried it all the way to as as much as i could because i was like i'm quite good at using it now so like i you have to tap tap the trigger little bits just little, little spouts mm-hmm. of flame because if you hold it down you'll eat through your ammo okay. super fast and you won't get much kills for it like you don't need it once you hit somebody with it they're dead oh, you don't have okay. to keep flaming them you just let it burn yeah it's cool <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting kind of scared oh Chris, i need to so good i need to get back down there if you like and experience this yeah it's fun it's cool man it's just so much fun it's just such a unique thing that uh, what you wouldn't expect in this game Especially because it hasn't been in any of the Halos up to this point. It's not even in Halo 3. It's Are only you sure? ODST. It's not in Halo 3? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Sh- uh, Halo no, 1 had a flamethrower flame if you had the PC version. Oh. On the PC. Yeah, gotcha. and it's this one. Well, um, yeah, that that definitely gives you a reason. If you didn't find that, go find that. Re- reboot this mission. Uh, there you go, dude. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. my, my flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that door that those people, uh, the the Covenant are firing at, that's that's the Dare door, right? The Dare door. door? <laughs> the Dare door. No, this is it. Okay. Yeah, this is because the there's a bunch of like dead drones around too. So she like she did some job. She did her job at one point, you know, as you're kind of getting down to the area, um, and was defending herself, which is kind of kind of cool to see. 
Um, and then, yeah, you get a little cut scene here. Krista, you, do you want to talk through this? Sure. Quick? So she opens the um, she opens the door and immediately tries to shoot your brains out. <laughs> yeah. Very nice of She's her. She's pretty badass. This is good, like, it's setting her as the, the opening, the very opening of the game. She she seems in charge, right? But then now that you're finally with her, she's she's badass. She's pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, she obviously thinks you're Buck, so apparently that bullet was meant to shoot Buck in the head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, she quickly hurries you into the door and starts talking about uh, talking about. There's the superintendent. It's pretty cool. It's like a giant. It's this weird giant, like just structure in the middle of a bottomless pit. It seems <laughs> so. It's like right. interesting. Why is there a bottomless pit in the middle of the city? Mm-hmm. Um. So she's that's the superintendent. She tells you that her mission the entire time was to secure the superintendent's data. Uh, she says. Uh, she says, you know, you're gonna have a really fun time getting to the superintendent. It's going to be really nice. Uh, there's champagne down there. Uh, we're, there. People are going to congratulate us. Uh, it's yep. going to be really nice. Good blue ribbon. <laughs> no, no. Instead, she's like, the buggers have kind of decided to make their gross hive all over the superintendent for some reason. And mm-hmm. there's going to be like a million of them. You're like, awesome. Uh, she, she compliment. Like, sorry. She has a cool moment where she says some geniuses decided to blow up the building on top of the shaft which is which the was only the only building yeah <laughs> oh so that was us yep. okay. yeah. <laughs> so uh, i picked up on that dialogue too and i was like wait yeah. a minute i think that was our was fault. that all was, did we do that <laughs> no yeah but um it's pretty funny she also compliments us on how well we did because we've been solo she's like you've done a very good you've done a very good job show me how mm-hmm. good you are and then we then we but start she also murdering says, people. Un- un- unless you've been sleeping in your pod the whole time, which he pretty much has. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. That's, <good>. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't she ask his name too before they get interrupted? This is the first, this is the only, this is like the first point in the game where legitimately he should be talking. Being a silent right. protagonist is stupid. And yeah. I think up to this point, yeah, fair enough, he'd know what to talk to. But like, he, and even if his comms aren't working or damaged, he should be taking off his helmet and having a conversation with this woman. I think it's yeah. really weird that he says nothing. But anyway. Yeah. Totally agree. I, I can agree with that. I understand why they did the silent protagonist thing, but silent protagonists tend to work when people don't talk to you very much. <laughs> like in Legend <laughs> like of Zelda, where it's just like, ah, oh, you need this sword, take it and go. And then you're like, I'm never going to talk to anyone in the game ever again. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is. It is kind of weird because they're trying to plan something, basically. So, yeah. But if you're not looking for it, you can kind of, you can kind of uh, ignore it. So sure. And then we go the- to shooty shooty bang bang. Yep, let's shoot some stuff. But this this office is kind of a cool office, right? It has this great overlooking of the <laughs> the superintendent. For some reason, I was thinking about like. Do they put the the entry level people down there, or are those like the senior people <laughs> that work in that office? Um, kind of a weird working it is a situation. Weird office. But there are there's no guns in there either, so whatever you had going in, that's what you got going out. Um, I did a quick sweep and didn't find anything. So um, yeah, so then we're we're gonna go track down the superintendent. Um, I gave Dare the shotgun that I had. 
and she actually her pistol? did pretty good. Yeah. She um she shoots that pistol so fast. I was noticing like, that she <laughs> cycles that weapon well, so fast. Well, she also she also doesn't shoot anyone. She was really good at shooting like <laughs> the walls and pillars and just random boxes. She she did it really fast too. She really hates that stuff or dead bodies. She hates. She that loves box. the dead bodies. Just like pew, pew, pew. yeah, it's crazy. You walk into an instance, you've already killed everyone, and then Dare just walks up and just goes. It's like Dare, calm down. They're all dead. It's fine. Maybe she thinks they're gonna be zombies. Do you know what I mean? You gotta make sure. That's true. She did good with me. She did good for me with the shotgun, though. That's interesting. Huh. Like I felt like she went further ahead, and like she was she was clearing out some some cubbies for me, which is good. So, I don't know. She was throwing grenades at the buggers, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, they're flying in the air all around her, and she's throwing frag grenades. I'm like, "Jesus." <laughs> That's good. Um, all right, so we we're fighting down this tunnel, kind of to start, um, and it kind of has a little bit of everything at this point. You know, throws all the the covenant variants at you. You know, uh, every every type of enemy. The um, drones start to become more and more apparent as you you kind of get deeper down into the hive, which I thought was cool. This is the droniest of all drone missions in all of Halo, right? I mean, it's got to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're in one of the oh yeah, I mean little mm-hmm. house things. I was looking around and it's so cool just to see like all the kind of um how they took over and just created their yeah. own hives. It's nasty. It's pretty cool. So one bit kind of lore about that, like the drones can create a suitable hive in a surprisingly short amount of time, considering the short time frame less than a day between the initial covenant attack and the setting of this level. This is particularly this is partially explained by the first two grunts encountered on this level who point out that the drones have spent most of the time building their hive rather than sealing the complex's entrances which is what they were oh, ordered okay. to do which i kind of mm-hmm. find is interesting so they just take over and just ignore their orders the drones are kind of notorious for that though the covenant have a hard time actually controlling them they kind of just unleash them on an area and figure that they'll just become territorial over that area mm-hmm yeah, and it's it's funny in um, some of the books and stuff where they're described as like the engineers, where like they're like yeah. repairing things in the right. ships and all this kind of stuff, and it's just weird to think of them like that, and that they actually have like they don't like because the they took their jobs, stuff they like took that. their jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they took their jobs. Oh, that's good. The there's a like a bunker looking thing that you kind of fight through too. Um, not a ton of ammo um, in the area. I guess, I mean, if you're, I started for scrounging for weapons at this point. Um, I, I, what I brought with me didn't didn't really have enough. I think I'd run out of pistol ammo at that point. So um, once you kind of get through these bunker areas, then <laughs> this next area, it's wide open, and there's nothing, there's no enemies in it. And it felt like a Mass, Mass Effect 2 chamber. Did you guys get that vibe at all? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> It's like this big area, and you got like a couple different pathways to climb up, and it felt like okay, I really want to be a third-person shooter right now and taking cover under this thing, but there's nobody, nobody to shoot really. Um, Dare chimes in; she says that they must be below the hive at this point. Um, do you know if I didn't play a ton of firefight um, in ODST? Did, do you guys know if this is a firefight map? It feels like it would be. Mm. I think it is just based on yeah, the previous piece right. of lore, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but there in the previous episode, 
but I don't I don't I haven't played much Firefight either and the one or two maps that I remember are always yeah. outdoors we are planning hopefully um, <clears throat> schedules work out we are planning to do a Firefight episode that we'll just put on YouTube so um, look forward to that um, yeah. before the season closes um, but then we do so we're under Dare says we're underneath the hive so we hop on an elevator and head up into the hive um and in this room you know clearly there's this the hive right um you can tell and you're in this big server area too the drones seem extra glowy green to me <laughs> yeah neon green in this area did you guys pick up on that too yeah i did as well i was looking for one thing um because i had read it before i was prepping the script something i never noticed but it's uh, probably super obvious um sorry Two seconds to scroll down. At the exit of the drone hive, a lone drone leader occasionally makes a final effort to attack mm-hmm. the rookie's progress. Yep. You know that this is the only army leader encountered in the campaign, just maybe the leader of all the drones in the Mombasa. But he has an energy shield and uses a brute plasma rifle. I've never noticed this before. I um, noticed but it. Colin, you copped it, did you? I noticed it, yeah, but it was as I was leaving, and I just kind of said. That's interesting. That one has a plasma rifle, and then I just left the area. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember ever registering that before, but because I was looking for it, I was like, "Where is this leader?" And it was super obvious. He's a big red drone with like um with shields and a plasma rifle. I thought it was pretty cool. Yep. You um, I think you can just beeline it for the door if you want. To. I think you can't do it. You don't have to fight these. <laughs> I don't think. I think I do that in legendary. I think I just speed run this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the drones are aren't great shots. I mean, they they will overwhelm you. But if you're smart about it, you can pretty much just kind of make your way through. There is a, this big area to wander around and kill the drones. Um, I don't know. I mean, I did notice they actually kind of come out of the hives at one point. They do, So yeah. they must be. I wonder if they're infinite respawn in this area. I don't think I so. Or if you can just kind of clear out everything. I mean, it would try to take a little time. but They kind of just um, spawn as you walk around is mm-hmm. what I noticed. So you you know you deal with deal with the drones or don't deal with the drones. You probably should at least experience this little boss fight. I guess this minute this this what do we call it? Drone ultra. <laughs> Super drone. Drone, drone leader. Yeah. leader. Uh, so so have some fun with him, and then uh, proceed to the door. And then let's see here. We're now we're dropping back down again. Is that right? I'm trying to think here. Go through my notes. Or we just open the door. Find an elevator up. Yeah. There finds an elevator for you to go up. You you do some lifts up and then you drop down holes. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we do one more drop down. But anyway, you do get to a point where you finally are kind of at this the door to this. Oh, I think that past this area is where it has that blue glowy things. Those like that are like checking if you're um I don't know have any weapons on you or something like that or. You know what I'm yeah, like about? a scanner. Oh, yeah. Of some I, sorry. Sort. Yeah. You're a little bit far ahead. Yeah, you drop down on the brutes shooting the door. Oh, okay. Trying to get so that's in. After and they're that. like, okay. there's a... Yeah. That's where that scanner gotcha. segment is. is that right before you walk into the. Uh, okay. Into so the, the brutes are right in front of the door. There is a chieftain because you do get a gravity hammer. Annoying. Um, and. There is a cool bit of dialogue where he's just like, uh, open the yeah. door, you traitor. And you're like, who's a traitor? That's oh, cool. yeah. And then. Um, yeah, so there's a couple of jet jet pack brutes to clear out once you have the hammer, or you know you clear them all out with whatever you have in your pocket. Um, and then yeah, then you kind of do that scanner area. And now we get another fun cut scene. Um, David, do you want to take this one? 
Yeah, this is actually interesting where I didn't know at the time, but depending on if you have all the data logs or not, this uh, cutscene is subtly changed. Oh, um, really? So, okay. yeah. So you'll enter this room. It's a dark, dark room. It's the AI core, as it were. Uh, if you have all of the um, data logs, the default cutscene will play where the player has not collected all the 30 logs, right? So that shows a rookie aiming his gun and aiming it at Virgil before Dare stands in front and tells you to stand down. If you have all the audio logs, it, re- it actually sort of way around, where the because uh, the rookie has all the information from Sadie's logs or Sadie's mm. story, so he knows who Virgil is and who th- what this creature is, and it comes down and she aims her gun at Virgil, and you, the, as the rookie, you okay. tell her to stop, you motion her to stand down, well, and then you whistle for Virgil to come on out. So that's kind of pretty cool. So I look, I was looking for it this time around, um, but I never noticed it before. So um, that's pretty much it. So um, so let's say Dare stops the rookie from shooting. The Virgil comes out and you see it's an engineer. And this is like the reveal surprise where it has it shows Virgil, the superintendent, looking down. And you see the kind of memory core failure or whatever. And then you see the camera shut down. So all throughout the game, you're getting these little cutscenes and like, camera angles that are obviously mm-hmm. from like CCTV stuff and you have like the superintendent symbol and all this kind of only stuff happening all around and that actually shuts down and shuts off and you never see it again in the game because Virgil quote unquote the superintendent has just been downloaded into this engineer who is what's the engineer's name is it quick to adjust yeah quick to adjust is the name of the engineer the Hurricock, so which is now aka Virgil and will henceforth be called Virgil. Mm -hmm. These entities merge as one, where he downloads the AI core into himself, um, because these are like, they're essentially, the engineers are like organic computers. So that's pretty much what happens. Mm -hmm. So you have the merging of the identity of the superintendent, Virgil, with Quick to Adjust. So my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that Virgil was a subroutine of the superintendent. Yes, yes. So there is. Ver- this is kind of covered in Sadie's yeah, story, and, and we'll stuff, talk about that in the super, next episode. Yeah, superintendent is the computer running the city. The in- lead architect of this was Sadie's father, who put in a subroutine called Virgil to look after uh, Sadie because he's His never daughter. around. Yeah. So, yeah. So Virgil is like the more human kind of side of this AI, which is not really much of an AI. Well, okay, yeah, whatever. It becomes a new mm-hmm. thing when it merges with Virgil. Yeah. Or to create Virgil in there. Let's go. We're getting very confused. <laughs> but, <laughs> You're doing good. Yeah. Uh, Dare is pretty much now she realizes obviously she knows what's going on. So she's like, excellent. And then we now have to protect this creature mm-hmm. and get it out. And at the same time, she, I think this is where Buck comes online. Yes. Right? Yep. That's when you see Yeah, Buck him. comes online. Yes. Yep. So Buck comes online. He messages. He somehow finds his way to right beside you and is like, hey, Dare girly friend Come, <laughs> i'll save you so she's like excellent buck what the hell are you doing here blah 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 let's get the hell out of here so you and the rookie now now we head out begin. yeah one more little fight one little area to to deal with yeah, um fine. so did you guys get make the distinction dare's mission was to get the superintendent or did she know because there was at one point in this cutscene where she says hey, we've seen these things before, but we've never seen them up close, talking about the engineers. Do you think she knew that an engineer was in the superintendent? She mentioned... Or did she just want to secure the superintendent data from the city? I think she mentioned that she saw Virgil floating around the tunnels. 
Yeah, but what she was trying to get was because the superintendent, and this is kind of covered in Sadie's story, but Sadie's father, he discovers the um the portal underneath, and like oh, the yeah. superintendent has all that data and information of like the survey of this area and all this kind of stuff. So like okay. that's what she's trying to get. Uh, essentially so then it becomes obviously, so she didn't know the engineer was there I don't think so no but obviously yeah, it becomes so, a, a double whammy of like hell yeah give me all this data mm-hmm. plus an engineer which humanity would need and obviously they can turn the tide of the war and there's like a bit of a dialogue coming up which is pretty cool on that yeah yeah very cool happy accident here serendipitous whatever you want to call it um it's good to have one of these on our side, but we have to protect it first because they um, – well, so I think the rookie takes something off of him. Was that the bomb that he, that's it attached to him? It was part of it, I think. Okay. Oh, I did cop that. So I thought the bomb was done or deactivated already. It was part of, like, his armor or something because I, th- yeah. I think he, I didn't notice that. he got the bomb removed somehow and maybe it was just, like, a little piece of something stuck to him still. Maybe the collar, yeah. The actual physical, maybe, yeah, okay. It was deactivated, but maybe... It was on one of his lumps. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) His engineer lumps. His lovely engineer lumps. Hey, eyes on the prize, Kristen. (laughs) Looking at his lumps. (laughs) All right, so now we have Virgil to protect, and Dare says she's going to protect him, and depending on your difficulty, she doesn't always do the best job. Um I mean, I think he he didn't die for me. Like the little prompt on the top would say, "Hey, engineers he's in rough shape." Yeah, taking damage, yeah, yeah. and he's he's badly hurt. Um, I was I think I died before, like just a couple times to make it down this little corridor area before he died. Um, so I I didn't ever experience it where he, you know, he he didn't make it. But I think it's po- they make it seem like it's possible, so it probably is where Virgil can die, and then you can you know fail the mission. Um, so yeah, you just kind of battle through, you know, a, a huge um, squadron of of not squadron, just just a huge um, covenant group. Um, pretty much every loads of brutes. Yeah, th- yeah, loads of brutes. You know, has a couple phantoms drop drop off. There's you know jackals. There's everything. There's pretty much everything. There is a. I think there's another chieftain here too. Um, I had a there hammer, so I was you know I hammered right away until I couldn't hammer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Good um, hammer. And Buck is on the very opposite end of this. And I think in my playthrough, Virgil and Dare kind of made it down there before I did. So they actually ended up waiting for me. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Um, but then you, you meet up with them at the end there. And then, um, and then oh, you kind of go through some more tunnels here um, in this next area. And this is where I noticed, I think there was more, it was also in the um, other parts of the mission where the drones are kind of perched up on the ceiling but it was really stood out to me here oh yeah yeah and they're sleeping you can stealth all these if you're that's what i did yeah it's cool um so then we kind of head down to a door that's locked and then dare says don't worry we have a key um you know speaking of now virgil our floaty engineer buddy and then this is the dialogue scene where <laughs> Dare kind of tells Buck, hey, like, these engineers are pretty cool. Um, we uh, probably shouldn't be killing them. <laughs> and Buck says, oh. <laughs> he's like, you haven't been killing them, right? It's just, uh... if you, have you kill any? And he's like, no. <laughs> well, maybe one or two. <laughs> yeah, very good. She's like, just mm-hmm. great. Very, very good. Um, so then we just kind of clear out some, some more drones, head up, hop in the elevator, and 
we're done. This this felt like a long mission. Lots going on in this mission. This wall is mm-hmm. a long mission, dude. I mean, you're you're traveling a lot of long way on foot. There's no vehicles, um, but you're just kind of going through these these tunnels. And then I think it also feels longer because there's multiple cutscenes. Usually, you're just used to one cutscene at the beginning, one cutscene at the end. But there's, you know, it throws a lot at you. Um, this mission also then just rolls right into the next mission, so there's nothing else to do. Um, you know, more wandering around my boss's streets. It's like, okay, now we're we're just kind of almost done with the game here. We're getting mm-hmm. out. Absolutely. All right. Um, anything to cover before community stuff? Yeah, a few bits and pieces. So I touched on some of the lore. There's loads of this game. But uh, some interesting stuff that I never considered. Um, any weapon the player acquires from the supply caches on the Mombasa streets will not be carried over into this level. Attempting to do so will cause the player to begin the level with the default loadout of the SMG and the SOCOM hmm. pistol. And two frag grenades. Um, but if you have covenant weapons like I did from the streets that you got fighting in, you do bring those over. It just seems to specific the heavy weapons on the supply cache won't come in. Oh. The sniper rifle, rocket launcher, and whatnot. So just a note on MCC doing the playlists, I always started with the the silenced SMG and pistol, no matter what I had. So the, from from a playlist oh, standpoint, really? they always oh, okay. default you back to that loadout. Okay. Okay. Interesting to know. Um. The just common weapons such as fuel rod and the beam rifle will carry over. So that's what happened to me. Uh, the player starts this level on sub level 07, another 7 reference because that's a bungee thing. The nine sub levels before the player meets there is one of the game's many references to the divine comedy, specifically the nine circles of hell. According to the book, the ninth level of hell is actually cold, and this is reflected by mm. the frozen area where the player finds his body, which is something I, I never. Does that is that frozen okay, cool. area is that touched on when we when we're going to cover Sadie's story? Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, throughout the level, there are monitors showing the superintendent's status. If the player gets too close to these screens, the superintendent will interrupt the display, labeling the information as classified. In addition, some corrupt screens will flash the binary code for Barrett, which is a reference to the level nice. designer, Chris Barrett. So I was like, oh, I never noticed that. Um, just before entering the sub-level 8, the player will encounter an MMPD officer. Superintendent is seen acting strangely towards him, refusing to open the stacks and saying phrases like warning, hitchhikers may be escaped convicts. This is later. I don't know why I'm saying this now. Oh, sorry. The reason why. Hitchhikers may be escaped convicts. This is a ladder is a reference to this final segment in the level of the Maw and Halo Combat Evolved. Oh, yeah. Hitchhikers what, may be escaped convicts. Uh, who said? Oh, is that a, um, a title yeah. screen? Yeah, yeah. It was one of those subtitle yeah. screens. Uh, yeah, on yeah, the, uh, I gotcha. okay. the last missions. Cool. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Uh, using theater mode, uh, one can see that the MPD officer does not actually die if ambushed by drones. He simply <laughs> takes a few steps and disappears. He's just like backing up. He's like, ah, I'm dying. Oh, <laughs> right. no. Uh, this is the only level in any of the games where the player can use a flamethrower against non-flood NPC enemies, i.e. Covenant, which is so mm-hmm. cool. Uh, the superintendent's data core housing is very similar in design to the four power core chambers in Marathon video game series. So that's like a bungee thing. Bungie okay. does Marathon. Yep. And there you go, people. So that's that's a bunch of trivia stuff in there. Lots going on in this mission. Lots of good stuff. All right, let's do community and get out of here. We are almost done. <gasps> so we're going to make you wait. We're going to do some Sadie story first. And then a and then recap we'll, then with we'll a special guest. Yeah. Ooh. 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 That's right. Let's do a little teaser. Ooh. Special guest. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> All right. Uh, Krista, why don't you start us off on Discord? All right. Some, some guy named Colin on the Discord in the mission debrief section on my phone says, 
in English with words. <laughs> what date is it? Uh, today, actually. Okay. It was okay. actually posted today at 12. Just last night. Really? Oh, maybe <laughs> my thing has it. It says today. At... No. Oh, it's, it's 12.02 today. It was like a, yeah, that is technically exactly. Oh, wow. Today. Quite a tight, quite a tight Man, off. he is up late, this guy. 12? Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> um, he says, uh, what would you name your pet engineer? Question for mission debrief, data hive. Uh, Scud Puddle says, sack of air or balloon boy. Uh, very mm-hmm. literal. Uh, Axtief117 says, uh, something drifts. Uh, for some reason, <laughs> I feel like calling him slimy or gazy, even baldy. So, these people aren't very nice to the engineers. <laughs> uh, Shadow of... They're very literal. Shadow of says, uh, sir floats a lot. I kind of like that oh, one. I like that. Uh, That's good. Redacted17 says, Avery, after Sergeant Johnson... Nice. Too soon, man. Too soon. <laughs> we haven't gotten what? that far, David. What? Stop. What? Stop. <laughs> uh, Matt says, keeps floating away. That's pretty good. That's cool. Uh, Halo Fannin says, flies pretty good. Um, That's all right. And then Redacted says, for a brick. So, flies pretty good for a brick, if anyone Ooh, understands okay. that. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then Colton says, George. <gasps> what? That's funny. <laughs> Because I'll lead straight into the Facebook where the first message is by Colton that says George. <laughs> <laughs> he replied on both. Or Ian. Blasphemy. Yeah, Ian then commented on that saying, shouldn't it be deader than most? Which is pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, then Colton replies again, George. <laughs> so he <laughs> double pause Colton, good job. Krista Brown replies, George. Good job, Krista. <laughs> David Elward depends on how it floats. Very good. Uh, Matthew says automatically centers auto for short. That's really good. Um, David says boosts efficiently. I also like that one. Mm-hmm. It's a good Facebook. Facebook got some good, good uh, ergot names. Uh, Justin, credible. Just says Craig. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Colin posted a gif. He doesn't really know what it it's is. It's from Friday. <clears throat> Friday? Friday. Get out of here, Craig. Come on. All right, never mind. No. no. Boo. Boo. Anyway. Um, Robert Weeder says Wilbur maybe over my head uh, Timothy Wells says Bob's much too low oh that's good I like that Tim uh, Luke says Krang or Shuckle <laughs> that's pretty good uh, Luke then oh my god all the George comments Sure, <laughs> uh, says Arby it's pretty good or also Caleb says Boy George yeah there's some great names in there that's I like good. this what, do you, what would you guys anything off the top of your head Krista got any good Luke Skywalker. Very nice. (laughs) I don't... Also, um, we got a lot of, you know, floats, this and that. Have we talked about how the engineers actually name themselves? We might have touched on it, but why don't you just give us a refresher? Okay, so the engineers are strange as their naming conventions are actually just describing how this engineer works. Uh, As soon as it's born. As soon as it's born, so... Yeah. It's kind of like a technical, it, it kind of is highlighting what makes them kind of unique is what they name them after. So one of them is called lighter than some, meaning that they made it and it was lighter than what the normal engineer weight is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them's what drifts, drift, prone to, prone drift. to drift. That's another really good one. So quick to adjust. Quick to adjust. So they all have these very... These computers aren't very creative when it comes to naming <laughs> conventions. They're they're more technically creative. They just they just 
you know. They're, they're <laughs> literal. Yeah, they're like, it's like uh, you go up to someone, you're like, I'm going to call you pretty tall. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Taller than some. Taller than some, Taller you know. Than you most. Know, a big, uh, your nose is bigger than most, you know, just, just, <laughs> right. just stuff like that. So it's a very literal naming convention, which is why most of these um, most of these engineers actually get a, some kind of human name. So they have their Hergok name, and then they have a human name like Virgil or something like that. So mm-hmm. they all get their little well, nicknames. Virgin is a unique situation, but it, it's a better name than Quick Switch. Easier to remember, anyway. And obviously Virgil has a, the relationship with Sadie, which comes into place later on in like other books. And stuff. But when the humans mm-hmm. usually interact with Hergok, they usually like they call him Lighter or something like that. Give them like a that. nickname yeah, or they something. They give him some kind of nickname. Yeah, just, yeah. just to it's easier for us to read and it's easier for them to say. So that's that's why so many of them were like you know, deflating often or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking <laughs> about the naming convention like that what halo established to be the names and you would think it'd be fairly limited but just hearing all the creativity that we've had in these groups like the the, the options are pretty pretty open pretty broad mm-hmm. definitely so yeah very cool thanks guys for everybody that wrote in we love hearing from the community as always um i think we're done i think, I think it's, gonna... it's been a long haul Mm-hmm. i think we're going to talk about some sadie stuff on the next episode. Oh, I gotta so get all of those audio logs. <laughs> get the audio logs. You can go online and watch or listen. There are little, um, there's like a slideshow or a kind of a, a comic book storyboard, storyboard, right, that goes along with it. The uh, The full story is about 50 minutes or so. So just be beware cool. of that. Um, you know, a couple commutes or one long commute, depending on how it, how it works out. But um, yeah, to pop on YouTube and you can you can find somebody that's that's strung it all together for you. Have it a listen, listen to it twice. There's lots of good stuff that's in there, lots of weird stuff in there too. But um, we'll be we'll be covering that in the next episode. So that'll do it for our debriefing of the Data Hive mission from Halo Three ODST. On the next episode, we'll be covering, as I said, Sadie's story. Send us your thoughts at podcastevolved@gmail.com. Drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. Until next time. Evolved. 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 Okay.